doesn't matter where we go, how far we try to run, there is no escaping his love. <laughs> you know, there's a phrase that has been used in contemporary church language. People are far from God. It's not possible. As far as you want to run, it is not possible to escape God's love and God's presence. He is right there. He is right there. All you have to do is repent and believe the good news. doesn't matter where you are. I'm a walking testimony of it. <laughs> I thought I was running from God. I thought I could run as far as away I could. I thought I could hide from him, but it wasn't possible. His presence was there with me wherever I went. And the same is true for you today. So today, I, I want to I start off talking about something I was afraid of. Anybody have any fears? Okay. I mean, if we're really honest, we're all afraid of something. Okay. <laughs> If you're not honest, then maybe you fear, like, speaking up in public, and that's why you didn't raise your hand or you didn't. <laughs> um, everybody fears something. I remember as a kid, I don't really fear this today, but I remember as a kid, I feared darkness. I was scared of darkness. I would run from darkness. Um, I, when I was like five, you know, all the way till ten or so, I would, I always would play outside. I was a, I wasn't one to, I played some games and things like that inside. I watched some TV, but most of the time, if you were around me, I had a basketball in hand, and I was outside shooting at my house, shooting basketball. And we had this slab that was poured, you know, with a, for a basketball court, and it was right next to our building. And the building had our lights, you know, and so it could be turned on at night and I could go out there and play. It didn't matter. And it was basically the size of like, you know, kind of the, it wasn't a full court by no means. It was, you know, not even close to that. It was more like a, just right outside of the uh, foul line. And so I would just constantly just shoot my foul shots over and over trying to get that repetition because I wanted to be Michael Jordan. That didn't work. <laughs> I wasn't that good. I mean, I was pretty decent, but I just wasn't going anywhere with it. Um, my my sister, I could beat her, okay? I will say that. I could beat my sister, but my sister, compared to, you know, you know me, she went a lot further with her basketball career than I did. Um, but... I was afraid of the dark. And the reason why I tell you about the basketball story is because that light was turned on constantly. And I would shoot all into the hours of the night. Well, to come in, there was no light switch in our house. It was out there on the building. And my parents didn't want to waste electricity because my stepdad, he was one of those that, you know, if you leave the room, you better turn the light off. Yeah, <laughs> there's probably several of you here today that's like that. Um, and I would have to flip that light, and there was like, you know, almost a half a football field that I had to run, uh, 50 yards, and I would sprint as fast as I can because I was afraid of the dark. I didn't know, like in my mind, I'm thinking, 
a bear's going to get me. <laughs> I'm out in the country. A wolf is going to get me. I don't know what's going to get me, but I'm scared, you know, as a young kid to, to be out there. Then we had a basement. Anybody y'all have a basement in your home? No. Well, I grew up with a basement, and I would play down there a lot of times, and it wasn't finished, so I remember grow, growing up, and I would skate in my basement, all right? Had skates on, and I would just skate around. I would do all different kinds of things in my basement. But the thing is, I had to turn the light off to go up the stairs, and it's pitch dark in the basement. There is no windows in my basement growing up, and so I would have to flip the light off, and I would run upstairs as fast as I could. I was so scared of the darkness. Maybe you're here this morning and you fear darkness. But today we're going to talk about the light. Light doesn't fear darkness. Darkness fears the light. And so today we're going to speak on that this morning. We're going to look at how the light addresses darkness. The darkness flees whenever light comes in. And see, we live in a culture that is very dark. We were talking um, Friday night as we were preparing for the stew. We were just talking about different things of, of how, you know, things are accepted in our, our culture. A lot of dark things, you know, from drugs and um, how it's easy to get a hold of drugs in our, our culture today. But then, you know, you go and you can... I know in your mind, you're probably thinking of other, the other darknesses that's around us in our culture. But if you truly think and track back throughout history, there's always been, always been something. You know, we're like, this is the worst it's ever been. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> if you track back all the way throughout history, it's been really bad. Now, is it bad? Absolutely. It's really bad world we live in is very dark. But God's light is so much stronger than that darkness. You know, light is amazing. Light is fast. I'm fascinated by the way light travels. I'm, you know, I love looking out at a very dark night and seeing the stars in the sky and just how you know, the universe is filled and with all these stars and these planets and just so beautiful. And it, you know, it makes me think of how big God is whenever I do that. You know, have you ever been outside and you look up and you're like, Wow. Wow. If you haven't, then maybe you need to think about it. Maybe you're putting God in a box. But God made it. Made this whole universe. Set it all into orbit. Gave it structure. You know, but light is fast. Really, really fast. It travels at 186,000 miles per second. Per second. All right, let's let's just do an experiment. Everybody, some of you might not be able to do this experiment, and I'm sorry about that. But maybe I can teach you one day how to snap. Can everybody snap with me? Yeah. Good job. Right in in your mind, that represents a second. Okay. One second. You know what that that speed of light is doing. Say we have a ray, okay? We shoot out a ray from a light, a flashlight or something. Imagine it going around the earth, okay? In a second, that ray of light will travel seven times around the earth. One snap, seven times around. That's really, really fast. 
way faster than my car will go. I might think it can go that fast. To the speed limit, of course, Frank, you're right, you know. <laughs> but, you know, we, we like to, you know, we like, we're fascinated by speed. You know, but light is so much faster. It's sometimes hard for us to fathom how fast light is. You know, light is so fast, and, and the reason why it's fast, you know, we, we, we use light years to measure things because that also shows how big God is, you know, big, how huge our universe is. So imagine with me for a second, you know, the sun. sun's up there, but imagine on a warm, you know, the warmth of the, of the sun on a sunny day. All right, so you, you go outside and you, you, you feel that warmth. As the sun comes up, you know what? That's eight minutes old. That sunlight is eight minutes old. It is so fast it's already traveled that far. And it's, by the time it hits you, you're just experiencing eight minutes of the sun's light. <laughs> that just amazes me. That same sun is so big, it's, it's 864,000 miles across. It is huge. But yet, if you look at all the stars in the, in the sky, it's really, really small. It's just a dwarf star. It's a very small star. But compared to our Earth, it's like a, you know, a million times bigger than our Earth. I mean, it's huge. It's ginormous. But yet, light travels at these speeds. Light comes to us, and we just think, oh, yep, just another day on this Earth. But are we in all of God? I hope that we can be in all of God. Be in all of His light. See, because God created that light. God created how the sun would function. If the sun went further away from us, guess what? We would freeze to death. If the sun got any closer to us, we would burn up. But yet, He orchestrated it perfectly to orbit the certain way. And it was perfect. God is amazing. He created the sun. He created us. He created the universe. He, as he created us, we're little people compared to this huge universe that we live in. We're little people as we compare ourselves to the gigantic amount of sun that you know, lights our earth. Yet, at our smallest point as humans, us as in our smallness, God calls us to be light in the middle of darkness. To be light in the middle of darkness. In Matthew 5, this is a classic um, you know, teaching of Jesus as he's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount and he goes through the Beatitudes and we, we pick up here where he tells the disciples to be the light. In verse 14 he says this, You are, to be, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You are the light of the world. Did we just talk about light? 
Do we talk about how fast it is and how big it can be and how huge the sun is, yet the sun is just a small dwarf star compared to all the other light in the universe? And Jesus is saying to his disciples on the Sermon on the Mount, he is saying to them, you are the light of the world. He's challenging us to be the light of our world. In a dark place, we're still to light, be the light of the world. A city on a hill or a town on a hill. See, I remember, you know, going into Charlotte, flying into Charlotte or into Atlanta or other places. Maybe you've flown into like places like New York City. When you get over that, that city, you can see it in a distance. When you look down, you see the lights flickering and see how big it is. Well, they didn't have flights back then. They didn't have airplanes. But they could see a city in the distance because of the light that came from that city. And so Jesus is saying that we are to be a light just like a city or just like a town off in the distance. That our light should shine so much that people could see us coming. That people can see a difference in our life. But then he goes on, he says, a lamp. You know, a lamp is designed to light up a house. You know, that hasn't changed over the course of our history, really. Like, we still have lamps. Of course, we have electricity, and, and it's a lot different than the way they did it, with open flames and things like that. But we have electricity. You wouldn't want to take a lamp and take it and put it in your nearest closet to light a room. That wouldn't make sense, would it? <laughs> why would you put it in a closet? If you're wanting to light this room, why would you put it in a closet? No, you would open up, you would move it into a really good lit, well, you know, area that it can shine in every corner. That's how we're to be. In a dark world, we're supposed to stand out. We're supposed to shine our light wherever we go. In the darkest places. Don't fear the corners, but shine out in the corners. Maybe it's in Eden where the roughest parts of Eden is. We can, we can be a church that fears it, or we can be a church that is a light that actually goes, and our light shines in those corners. <laughs> but why? The most important question here but why why do that why do that see God wants to bring glory to himself and so your light shine is not for you not to bring glory to yourself it says that we are to shine your light before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. If your light doesn't bring glory to the Father, then it's not the light of the world. If your light doesn't bring glory to the Father, then it's one that's really shining in some other room than it shouldn't be. If your light isn't bringing glory to the Father, then it isn't a city on a hill. Your light is bringing Witness to yourself and your deeds. 
but they're truly not considered good deeds unless they are glorifying the Father with everything that we do. Philippians 2 verse 14 says this, Do everything without grumbling and arguing. I'm going to repeat that. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. (laughs) A lot of churches need to hear that on repeat. Maybe they should open up their services constantly. (laughs) So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Can we agree that we're living in a very corrupt and warped generation there's been generations in the past that is just like that but we're still living in a crook a warped generation then it says then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life we live in this crooked generation Yet God still says us for us to be a light. Don't fear this generation. Don't fear the crookedness. We are a light. Even though it's dark. Even though it's scary at times. Even though you might, oh no, I'm over on this side. I'm across the railroad track. Somebody's going to see me and they're going to think, oh, I'm falling into this sin. No, we're called by God to be a light wherever we go. You see me across the railroad tracks, I'm witnessing to somebody. (laughs) It doesn't matter where we go, we're to be a light in the darkest places. Because when that happens, when the light comes into those dark places, darkness flees. Darkness flees because darkness is scared of the light. So when we start taking the light the God's light, this huge light with us wherever we go, then darkness will start to flee. And this crooked generation can start to change. But I'm convinced that most churches are scared. They're stuck in fear mode. They have this light of the world with them. They'll proclaim it, that Jesus is the light of the world. They'll talk about it. They'll sing about it even. But yet they don't carry it with them. They leave it. You know what we do? We have this light, but we end up leaving it right here in a building. But that didn't say, it didn't say anything about leaving it in a building. We're to take it with us. That's who we are. It's who we become. But he says this, to be like stars in the sky. A huge sky on a dark night. You see stars where you can't even see. I mean, they're so far out there. Billions and billions of light years away, yet they still flicker at us. Be like stars in the, and shine like stars. In the middle of darkness, shine like stars. You know, I love it that Jesus didn't say to be like thunder. <laughs> be like thunder. You know, go into and, and be loud, right? Just bring about just this loudness wherever you go. You know, but thunder, it's here for, you know, maybe an hour, two hours, and it's gone. It wasn't an earthquake. You know, there's earthquake. Actually, right now, they're just had, we just had an earthquake. You didn't feel it, but it was an earthquake somewhere around the earth. And that 
it showed up on a, a meter, but we didn't fill it. Actually, nobody filled it. Well, maybe they did. I don't know. But it goes on constantly. Earthquakes are, are going on constantly, but sometimes we don't realize that they're even here. But yet, God didn't call us to be an earthquake. He told us to be like stars. Do you know the stars are out right now? <laughs> we don't see them because the light of our, our sun, which is what? A star. <laughs> so there you go. There's a star out, <laughs> and it's lighting up our day. At night, even in the midst of a very well-covered, you know, cloudy night sky, you look up, you can't see it. Maybe it's low fog, and you can't see past that fog. Does that mean that the stars are gone? No. The stars are there. It doesn't matter what is going on in our life. Stars are still there. It doesn't matter what part of the country we go to or part of the world. There is stars still in the sky. It doesn't matter how dark this world goes. We are to be a light and shine like stars that are ever present. They're always there. It doesn't matter what kind of fog is over you. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, darkness that you are in or where you go. The light is still shining on you. And people are still shining and bringing glory to the Father. And that's what we're to be. To be like stars in the sky. Whenever I was in high school, uh, even middle school and high school, I, I wasn't living for the Lord. Um, I was living for myself. I was doing all kinds of things. I was in high school, I was partying. I would go to parties. And guess what? There was lights. There was lights in my life that I didn't know were present, but yet they were there. They were praying for me. They were praying for my salvation. They were praying for me to follow Jesus. Whenever I was giving my life to girls more than I was to Jesus, and I was pursuing girls and treating them like objects, in my middle school and high school days, there were still stars in my life. My parents, my grandparents, my friends like Jonathan Pascal, who ended up leading me to the Lord, who was present in my life. They were shining down on me in the middle of my dark seasons. They were still present. Even though I couldn't necessarily see them, or even if I didn't even want to see them, they were still present. They were praying for me. They were there to encourage me when I need encouragement. The Holy Spirit was also there to convict when I needed convicting. And the people in my life that pointed me to the truth, they were there, they were present. In your story, your salvation story, more than likely there was people that were like stars in your life. You would go this way and you would be living in sin and you would see these little stars that would show up at different points of your life and they would give testimony of how God is so good and how he loves you. They were there in your life. Will you be there in other people's life? I know for me, I want to shine out to people wherever I go because I saw it with people that shined into my life. 
Jesus is still at work. He didn't stop working just during this part of Scripture, and that was it. Jesus is still at work. He is still teaching us. He is still pointing us to the Father. He's still trying to get us to be a city on a hill, to be a lamp that is not hidden, to be like stars in the sky. When Jesus healed the sick, when he raised the dead, when he cast out demons, he was forcing back the kingdom of darkness and extending the kingdom of light. And he calls us to do the exact same thing. He didn't just send his disciples, you know, two by two and say, all right, just go and just sit there and glorify the Father. That's it. No, he sent them out with authority to go out and to raise the dead, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to glorify the Father through their good deeds. And he is calling his disciples right here in the Sermon on the Mount to do the same thing in their good deeds, to glorify the Father, to be a light in the middle of darkness, to glorify the Father. And he's here in Eden saying, you do the same. I wasn't planning on doing this, but we're going to do it anyway. You don't have to help me with this. Let's sing this little light of mine. You might think it's childish, but guess what? We're to be like children. All right, let's sing this little light of mine. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Will you let it shine? We can go further into that. Don't let Satan blow it out. Hide it under a bushel, no, right? We're going to let it shine. Will you let it shine? Or will you allow the darkness to Invade it. To put it out. Jesus said in Luke 9, verses 1 through 2, when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases, and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. If you are called by God, then you are his child. You are a son and daughter of the king. You are a child of the light, and you have that same power and authority that he gives, that he gave to his disciples and sent them out. He now is commissioning you to go, therefore, don't let Satan control your light. Don't let Satan blow it out, but shine like stars in the universe. Shine like stars in the universe, but what is hiding your light? Maybe it's the fear of darkness. Maybe you're scared to be even present there in darkness. Darkness flees in the presence of light. It's maybe sin that's holding you back from shining out the glory of God. Maybe there is something, a hold of your heart, a hold of your everything that you're holding back. And you can't go any further. 
But what the Father wants to do to you is fill you with the ultimate light so that you can shine out. But you're holding on to darkness. You can't mix. Either light or you're dark. Can't hold on. And this morning what you need to do is just let go. Let go and let Jesus fill you with his presence this morning. God wants to redeem you to be children of light. It's not you as a light. You're not the light source. Those lights in the sky, we're not the light sources. We might think we're Duke Power and we're controlling those lights, but we're not. (laughs) We're not. There's a source behind that that's so much greater than any energy that we can, you know, get, you know, and going here on earth. And that's God. God is the ultimate light. God is the light that supplies our light. It's not your light. If it was your light, then it would fade away very quickly. But God's light will continue to change you continue to mold you continue to be a light that is continuing to get brighter and brighter so other people can see him and bring glory to him as well the world doesn't understand the light and john 3 says this is the verdict light has come into world but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds are evil Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Darkness fears the light. The world doesn't understand The light. They live for darkness. Their deeds are darkness. Until they come into the light, then they won't understand. It changes. The light changes their darkness. And it's us as followers to go and bring darkness in the midst. Or bring light in the midst of darkness. What has been covering up the light here at Dan River, Westland? What's been covering up the light here in Rockingham County? Or here in Eden, North Carolina? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's mistrust. Maybe it's lack of leadership. Maybe it's selfishness. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's bitterness. Bring it into the light. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Bring it into the light. What's been keeping you personally, keeping you from shining out like a city on a hill? Maybe it's oppression. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's unwillingness to change. Maybe it's greed. Whatever it may be, let go of it. Come into the light. When the Holy Spirit falls... When the Holy Spirit falls on Dan River Westland Church, God's light shines. When people start to get saved and walk in holiness, God's light shines. When people turn from their old selves and walk into their new identity, God's light shines. 
When people are born again, God's light shines. When people are baptized, God's light shines. When people renew their faith, God's light shines. When this happens, when God's light shines, then the city will change because they would see a difference in us because we are letting our light shine. And when the lights are shining, then the darkness flees. When the lights are shining, then people experience the light and come into the light. When the light shines, Satan flees. And he has no dominion over us and over this community and over these people because the light is shining and the light is so much more powerful than Satan's darkness. Let your light shine. Let us be a city on a hill. Let us shine for all to see. Shine your light. I used to love how Billy Graham, you know, he used to lead these crusades. A lot of times at the end of these crusades, he would light, it would start with a candle. And he would pass the candle and they'd light it. Eventually the whole Colosseum would light up. And it was just so powerful. You could see it from the Hubble telescope. You look down and see this massive light coming from this coliseum. This huge stadium showing this light. That is the presence of God. May us as a people shine the light of God. May you as a person shine the light of God. May this church shine the light of God. Wherever we go. God we thank you so much for. For who you are. God we thank you that. You teach us to to be. Be your light in this world. God help us to shine like stars. God let us be a city on a hill. That can't be hidden. Let our light be seen for miles and miles. Let us be a lamp that lights up every corner of a room. And God, let it be all for your glory. Not our glory. Not this church's glory. Not even anybody's glory, but yours. For God, you're the one that supplies the light. We're just a vessel that you use that brings light to God, I pray that we would just be obedient to you and we would find our identity in you as children of the light. And God, we would walk out of this room into our communities, into our world, into our workplaces and be an ever-present light in the middle of darkness so that people, when they see this consistent light flow that comes through our life, they will know that it is you and they will want to walk in that light. Use us, we pray. For it's your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.